Greetings, Summit Church family. Welcome to our Sunday, April 26th virtual ser virtual service. And uh, just want to tell you that I miss you. Pastor Diane misses you. And uh, I hope that you're, you're doing well during this time of social distancing. And uh, uh, Pastor Diane and I we're just looking so forward to getting back with you and meeting again at our church building. And hopefully that'll happen sooner rather than later. Uh, we're just waiting on St. Louis County to give the green light on that. And of course, when the time comes for us to get back uh, to our services, uh, we want you to know that we're gonna take all of the necessary uh, safety precautions that need to be done, but we'll keep you posted as to uh, when we're gonna be getting back to having our uh, first service back at our building. But uh, uh, again, we're trusting that'll happen sooner rather than later, but we'll, we'll keep you posted on all of that. Now, what I want to do today is uh, the last several Sundays, uh, we've received the tithes and the offerings at the end of the service. Uh, I want to receive the tithes and the offerings at the beginning of the service today. Uh, and, and I want to give a special thanks to all of you uh, as you have continued to be faithful to God in your tithes and your offerings, uh, you're to be commended on that. Uh, you know, during this time of social distancing, it's it's easy to kind of get, uh, you know, uh, detached and, and and forget about your commitments to the Lord. But but you have done an excellent job of that, and you're to be commended. And uh, so appreciate your faithfulness to uh, to Summit Church. Uh, and and I want to say that uh, as you've been faithful. God will be faithful to you, and he will supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. There's something else I wanted to share with you. Pastor Diane uh, told me um, she was looking at some of these statistics, and, and since 2006, uh, through our uh, website and our, our sermon player, you know, Pastor's Messages, uh, we, together, us, uh, through my messages, we've been able to reach, through, through the teaching that I've done, over 37,000 people all over the world. Since 2006, we've been able to reach them with the gospel and the teaching of the word of God. And over the last many weeks, since we've been on Facebook and on YouTube, uh, we have uh, reached uh, multiplied hundreds of people that we wouldn't have otherwise reached. So, uh, we just want to say uh, thank you for your financial support and certainly even more than that, your prayers and all of that has made and continues to make this possible. So having said that, let's receive the tithes and the offerings. Um, now, it, you know, we have online giving, we have text to give, and you can still give with a check to our P.O. box. And all of that information is, is on our website at summitchurch.us. Or it'll also be found like right underneath where I'm teaching here underneath my picture or somewhere around my picture. You can find all the information that you'll need in order to, to give. OK, so uh, let's pray. Father, I thank you for your goodness and mercy. I thank you for the people. I ask you to bless them as they give. And I call their needs met as well as the needs of the church met, but not only met, but abundantly met in Jesus name. Amen. All right, let's get into the uh, word of God today. You know, with the uh, coronavirus uh, and all the events that has taken place with that, you know, many have been talking about the judgment of God. 
And, you know, the question comes up, is this the judgment of God or is it the devil attacking or, or just just what is it? And uh, so I'm going to begin a series today. And for the next several Sundays, I'm going to I'm going to cover the uh, subject of uh, the judgment of God, the judgment of God. And um, and I trust by the time we get through. Uh, this series that you'll be able to uh, determine whether the uh, coronavirus is the judgment of God or is it an attack of the devil or just what is it? You'll be able to discern that, I believe, by the time we get done with this series. Now, uh, I've told you what I think, and I've given that to you in the last, uh, oh, I don't know, in the last several messages several messages ago, I, I covered it and talked about it. So if you want to find out what I think about it, you can go back and and check that out. But I want to teach this series so that you'll be able to determine uh, whether this is uh, the judgment of God or whether it's an attack of the devil. So uh, that having been said, let's go to Jeremiah chapter 8 and verse 7. Jeremiah chapter 8 and verse 7 in the New King James Version. I'm going to read the last part of that verse. And again, the title of this series is, Who Did It? God or the Devil? And uh, again, we're going to try to teach you, you know, when an event happens like the coronavirus, you know, is it the judgment of God or is it an attack of the devil or so forth? But I think uh, a, a scripture to look at, which I want to use as the uh, as the uh, keynote text of this series is in Jeremiah chapter eight, verse seven. And the last part of that verse says this, but my people do not know the judgment of the Lord. My people do not know the judgment of the Lord. Now, you know, it's one thing for a sinner, you know, somebody that doesn't know God to not know the judgment of the Lord. But, uh, you know, we as the people of God, we, we ought to know about the judgment of the Lord. But, but uh, so many don't. And Jeremiah stated it here, and actually the Lord was speaking through him and said, my people do not know the judgment of the Lord. And, and when you don't know about the judgment of the Lord and God's method of judgment and how he moves in judgment. When, when you don't know anything about that, then when things happen, you know, uh, it's real easy to say, well, it looks like the judgment of God and, and, and it may well not be. Or like uh, also, uh, you know, in like fashion, uh, you know, the devil could be attacking and, and, and people think that's the judgment of God, you know. And so that's what this series is all about. And to try to get you to a point where when an event happens, you can know whether or not it's the judgment of the Lord. But again, so many people, God's people, God said, my people do not know the judgment of the Lord. And, and again, I want to reiterate this. If you don't know God's method of operation and judgment, you know, uh, something can happen and, and, and you think it's God's judgment, but it's not, you know. And, and, and so that's what this series is all about. You know, is it is it God doing it? Is, is, is it the devil doing it? That's what this series is all about, to try to teach you about the judgments of the Lord. OK, now, having said that, let's go to Romans, the 11th chapter and the 22nd verse, Romans 11, 22. Um, notice here, the Bible says, consider the goodness and the severity of God, the goodness and the severity of God. So right, right there we see that there's the goodness of God, and then there's the severity or the judgment of God. And then it goes on to say, on those who fell 
severity or judgment, but toward you, goodness, if you continue in his goodness, otherwise you will also be cut off. Well, pretty stern words there spoken uh, by the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul. But I want you to see this, that there's the goodness and the judgment of God. Now, of course, God's goodness should be emphasized. And I have always tried my best as a minister of the gospel to always emphasize the goodness of God. But we must not overlook his judgment. You know, I found this, that when God's judgment, let me say it this way, when, when all that is preached throughout the land is the goodness of God, and his judgment is seldom, if ever, mentioned, it, you, you get a society that denigrates, and particularly the, the, the people of God uh, become loose and lackadaisical, and, and uh, if all you ever hear is, is about the goodness of God and never hear about his, his, you know, his judgment. So, so we emphasize the goodness of God, and that should be emphasized. It's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance, but we must not forget that God is also a God of judgment, okay? We mustn't overlook that. Now, let me say this. When I say that God is a God of judgment, I am not saying, I am not saying that God has an evil side, okay? Because he does not have an evil side, all right? Or or that God has a dark side. He doesn't have a dark side. A God is light, and in him there's no darkness at all, okay? So, uh, we're not saying that God has an evil side, not at all, we're not saying that, but God does have a, a side to him that is a side of judgment. And, um, but even in God's judgment, you, 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 you see his goodness, okay? And, um, and also, there, there's a verse in the Bible that says that his anger is but for a moment, but his mercy endures forever. Or we could say it this way, his judgment is for a moment, but his mercy endures forever. So certainly we emphasize his mercy and all of that, certainly, but there is there is an anger or a severe side or a judgmental side to God. Now, the good news is it's, it's just, is momentary, okay? It's momentary, um, but, but it's there nonetheless. And so in this series, we're going to center in on and looking at that, that moment of God's judgment, okay? We're gonna, we're gonna take a look at that in this series and and help you to discern when an event happens, is it the judgment of God? Is it an attack of the devil? Just what is it? Because, you know, like I said earlier, and I read from Jeremiah, God said, my people do not know the judgment of the Lord. So I want you, when we get done with this series, to be aware of what the judgment of God is and how God operates in judgment. Now, having said that, let's go to Romans, the second chapter, Romans chapter two, and uh, we're going to start uh, with verse one. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. And uh, th- of course, uh, this is in context of what the Apostle Paul had written by the direction of the Holy Spirit in chapter one. And he had listed, you know, the sins of the people and, and, and so on and so forth. So I'd welcome you to go back and read that. But I want to pick up in Romans chapter two and verse one, New Living Translation. He says this, you may think you can condemn such people speaking about the people in chapter one, but you are just as bad and you have no excuse. Well, now he's writing this to the church in Rome, but writing it to, to the church. So we need to listen in and pay it, pay attention because we're part of the church if, if we're born again. And he says, you have no excuse. When you say they are wicked and should be punished, you are condemning yourself 
for you who judge others do these very same things. Well, that's, he's talking about hypocrisy there. <laughs> that's not good. And we know that God in his justice will punish anyone who does such things, the things in chapter one. Since you judge others for doing these things, why do you think you can avoid God's judgment? See, there it is, God's judgment when you do the same things. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? And of course, God is kind. He's tolerant. He's, he's patient. We, and we emphasize that. But there's also his judgment, okay? And then he goes on to say in verse 4, does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you uh, from your sin? So, of course, it's God's goodness that leads to repentance. Verse 5, but because you are stubborn, well, I don't want to be stubborn to you. No, but he said because you are stubborn, there are some stubborn folks, some stubborn Christians. He said because you are stubborn and refuse to turn from your sin, uh, you are storing up terrible punishment for yourself for a day of anger. Now watch this. A day of anger is coming when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. Now, uh, much of what this has to do with, I believe, is the uh, during the tribulation period when God's judgment will be unleashed upon the earth. And, and we're covering that uh, in our Wednesday series on the end times for dummies. And so I'll say more about that as we go. But the Bible's clear, and, and it says it right here that there's uh, a, a day when uh, a day of God's anger, when his righteous judgment will be revealed. And don't ever forget this. God's judgment is always righteous. OK, now, verse six, he will judge everyone according to what they have done. So I'm trying to get you to see that God He's a good God and we emphasize his goodness. But there is a, a, a judgmental side to him as well. Not an evil side, but a judgmental side. Verse seven. He will give eternal life to those who keep on doing good, seeking after the glory and honor and immortality that God offers. But he will pour out his anger and wrath on those who live for themselves, who refuse to obey the truth and instead live lives of wickedness. There will be trouble and calamity for everyone who keeps on doing what is evil, for the Jew first, also for the Gentile. But there will be glory and honor and peace from God for all who do good for the Jew first and also for the Gentile, for God does not show favoritism. and He's no respecter of persons. Now look at verse 16. And this is the message I proclaim. So Paul is saying this. He says that the day is coming when God, through Christ Jesus, will judge everyone's secret life. Well, that think about that. So what I, the reason I read this was I wanted you to see, yes, God is, is, is good and merciful and all that, but there is a judgmental side to him, okay? And as we go through this series, and as we look on, you know, as we go through the series and look at different instances of God's judgment, I want you to remember what Revelation chapter 19 and verse 2 makes very clear, that God's judgment, and we just read about it, but I want to reiterate it, God's judgment is always true, it's always right, and it's always just. And, uh, you know, no matter what the Lord does, and, 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 and even if we don't even understand all the time what, what he does, we must always remember this, that what he does is always true, it's always right, and it's always justified, okay? So, so don't ever forget that, okay? That's going to be important as we go along here over the next several weeks that you remember that, okay? 
But I want to say this to you also before we go any further, is 1 Corinthians 11.31. 1 Corinthians 11.31 says this, if we judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Now, you know, that, that tells us a lot about God's goodness. See, he, he gets no thrill in judging anyone. He, he, he doesn't want to judge. He's, that's, that's, nah. he, doesn't want, he wants us to judge ourselves so he doesn't have to. But, you know, some folks won't do that. And so in the process of time, then, then God has, to, has to, to pass judgment, okay? But, but just remember that if we judge ourselves, we would not be judged, okay? So that's, that's encouraging to know. And again, I want to reiterate, God doesn't get any thrill out of judging anybody. He wants us all to judge ourselves so he doesn't have to. But of course, if we don't judge ourselves in the process of time, God will do it. Now, I want to uh, say this to you. As I study the Bible, we're talking about the judgment of God and understanding his judgment. Uh, there's, there's what I, according to what I find, there's six major, major judgments in the Bible. Okay, not counting, you know, and I'm not talking about when we read in the Old Testament or New Testament where God judges an individual or a, a group of people or something like that or, or judges a nation. Not talking about that, but, but rather six major judgments. I thought you'd find this interesting, so that's why I want to give it to you. Six major judgments. The first one is God's judgment. Now, now these are God's judgments, okay? When God judged sin at the cross in Christ on our behalf, that's the uh, uh, first major judgment, okay? And then the second would be the judgment seat of Christ, okay? And, uh, and we talked about that last Wednesday in my uh, End Times for Dummies part two, so I'll not get into that here. But the first major judgment is God's judgment on sin at the cross in Christ on our behalf. Okay, and then the judgment seat of Christ, and then the third one is the judgment that'll be poured out after the rapture of the church during the tribulation period. That's God's judgment during that seven-year period, and then at, at the end of of the uh, tribulation period, at Christ's second coming, there'll be a judgment of the nations, and then at the end of the millennium, you know, the thousand-year reign of Christ, there'll be a great white throne judgment, and then finally there'll be a judgment of fallen, the, the fallen angels, okay? And we'll cover these things more so in our uh, 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 Wednesday study on the end times, but just wanted to mention uh, those six major judgments to you. And, uh, but uh, what I want to consider now in, in this study is I want to look at, at God's judgment, not, not so much in these six major things, but how God judges uh, an individual, how he judges a, a, a group of people, how he would judge a church, how he would judge a, a, a nation, these sorts of things. That's what I want to cover in, in, you know, as we go through the rest of this series so that, you, so that when something happens, like coronavirus or whatever, you know, you'll be able to know, well, is this a judgment of the Lord or is it, or, or is it the devil attacking or just, just what is it, okay? Now, um, having said that, um, when something bad happens, you know, like a, a, a disaster, a hurricane, a, a virus, or whatever it may be, this question invariably comes up, and it's this. Was it God's judgment, or was it an attack of the devil? Now, that's, I've said that many times, but, you know, I'm a teacher. Repetition is the seed of learning. 
And so when a disaster happens, a hurricane, a virus, whatever the case, is it the judgment of God? Is it or is it an attack of the devil? Which is it? Well, let me let me say a few things here. First of all, first of all, um, when when uh, uh, something bad happens, there, there there's some things you have to consider. I think before you even get to saying, well, was it the judgment of God or an attack of the devil? First thing is, is the wages of sin is death. Okay, the wages of sin is death. And so, you know, if, if someone, a, a, a person or a, a nation or whatever, you know, whatever the case, it, 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 you know, if they just keep practicing sin, practicing sin, practicing sin, you know, eventually the wages of sin, the payment of sin is death. OK, and so it's not even necessarily a, 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 the judgment of God or the attack of the devil. It's just the wages of sin. So you need to remember that when considering, is it God doing it or is it the devil doing it? You know, uh, you know, it, maybe it's neither one. It could just be the wages of sin. OK, and certainly the devil's behind sin. I understand that. But it could just be the practicing someone practicing sin. OK, and then something else you have to realize is we live in a fallen world. OK, we live in a fallen world. And, uh, you know, unsavory things happen. OK. And, uh, you know, I've already seen it when when somebody's car breaks down or their refrigerator breaks down or whatever. You know, somebody will say, well, it was a judgment of God. And someone else will say, well, it was the devil attacked my car or attacked my refrigerator. Well, you know, it may be that your car broke down. Could be you haven't been changing the oil in it like you should or or it just a part wore out or whatever, whatever the case so I think oftentimes we're, we're, we're just too quick to say, well, it, it was the judgment of God or it was a, an attack of the devil. It could just be because we live in a fallen world. You know, uh, uh, this tooth up here one time, it, it just back, oh, I don't know, about eight, 10 years ago. I mean, it started hurting, I mean, really bad. And, you know, uh, you know well, was that the judgment of God? Wasn't an attack of the devil? Well, I tell you what, <laughs> It felt like the devil was in there with a with a sledgehammer and a pick beating on it. But but, uh, you know, it wasn't either one. It wasn't God doing it. It wasn't the devil doing it. It was just that, you know, we live in this fallen world and fallen bodies. And uh, and I'd been chomping on ice on that teeth tooth for years and years. And, you know, it finally caught up with me and and uh, had to have a root canal. Thank God for root canals. Uh, anyway. Uh, but that took care of it. But the point is, is that it, it wasn't it wasn't an attack of the devil or the judgment of God in my tooth. It was just I live in a fallen body. The tooth had worn worn down, worn out, or whatever the case, and it it, it needed some assistance. So assistance. So it wasn't it wasn't a God's judgment or attack of the devil. Just a matter of living in a fallen world. But having said that, go to John chapter ten verse ten because John ten ten because this scripture right here will help you greatly as it pertains to answering the question, is it something the judgment of God or is it an attack of the devil? Okay. This scripture right here is, in my opinion, the best scripture in all the Bible to go to when you're trying to figure out is something uh, the judgment of God or is it an attack of the devil? By and large, this verse here will help you as much as anything and get you a long way down the road in answering that question. Is it, you know, is it the judgment of God or an attack of the devil? So John 10, 10, the Lord Jesus Christ 
he says this, the thief, now he's talking about the devil, does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Okay, so from this verse right here, we can clearly see that if something is stealing, if something's killing, if something's destroying, then the devil's behind it. Okay, but 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 if there's if it's life giving, then God's behind it. Now that's that's really 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 simple. Okay, so that verse right there should help you uh, answer uh, uh, the question. You know, is, is it God? Is it his judgment or is it the devil attacking? Well, let's read it again. Jesus said, "The thief, the devil, Satan, does not come except for to steal, kill, and to destroy." So if it's stealing, if it's killing, if it's destroying, Jesus said the devil's behind it. And he says, I've come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. So if, if it's life giving, then God's behind it, you see. And, uh, and, and, and here I have in my notes an example. You know, when Herod killed the babies, remember after Jesus was born, Herod had all the male children, uh, I guess it was two years and under, put to death. Well, that wasn't the judgment of God. You know, Herod was an instrument of the devil, and, and, and that was the devil's work, killing those little babies. And, uh, uh, you, you know, and, and think about it. All those little babies being slaughtered, that was killing. That was killing those little babies, destroying their lives, stealing them from their, from their parents. Think about that. So that's, that's an example right there, Herod killing the little babies. That, that wasn't the judgment of God. That was, now it's clear, that was an attack. Of the devil. So if something steals, kills, or destroys, the devil's behind it, okay? And um, if it's life giving, God is behind it, okay? Now, so, so, so now we'll, 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 we'll elaborate more on this as we go, as it pertains to the judgment of God. But this is an excellent, excellent, excellent rule of thumb to go by, John chapter 10, verse 10, to try to determine if something is the judgment of God or an attack of the devil. Now, having said that, people often confuse, now listen to this, people often confuse the work of the devil with the judgment of God. And uh, go to Job chapter 1, verse 16, because people often confuse the work of the devil with the judgment of God. And uh, this is something that uh, one of the messengers, probably one of Job's servants, uh, he made this mistake. and. Um, you read here in verse 16, this concerned Job and his, and his children and all that, uh, you know, and, and let's just read verse 16. While he was still speaking, so one of Job's servants came to him and gave him some bad news, and now here comes another one with some bad news, but, but listen to this. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, the fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Now, he said, this servant said that the fire of God fell from heaven and caused this destruction. But now when you go and study that story, it wasn't the fire of God. It was the the, an attack of the devil. So we see right here a perfect example of what I'm trying to, uh, to, to, to say to you and to help you with. See, people often confuse the, the work of the devil and the judgment of God. This this guy here looked at this fire falling, and he said, well, it must be the fire of God. And it wasn't the fire of God at all. It was an attack of the devil. 
So you see, if you don't know the judgments of God, if you don't know, you know what, what how God operates, you, you can, you can, you know, the devil can be attacking you, can, and then you can wind up saying that it's God doing it. You know, you know, a lot of things get laid at God's feet that He's not responsible for. Yeah, you need to realize that. And a lot of things He gets blamed for a lot of things that 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 He's not responsible for. You, you need to realize that. And so that's why I'm teaching this so that. So that you don't lay something at God's feet that shouldn't be laid there, okay? Uh, but but this guy here, he he mistook the uh, work of the devil for the judgment of God. Now, of course, somebody's going to come in here, and, and, and it's a good question. Now, what we're going to look at here, they'll say, "Well, God allowed God allowed the devil to attack Job," okay? And I mean, and 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 and, and he did, okay? But when considering God's judgment, now, now, now listen to this. When considering God's judgment, because this, this is so important in this series that you understand this. When considering God's judgment, the subject of God allowing the devil it typically comes up. You know, well, did God do it or did he allow the devil to do it? You know, and, uh, and, and we're going to say more about this as we go because it needs to be elaborated on. In all fairness, and I'm going to elaborate on it as we go over the next several weeks. But I do want to say this right now, at least at this time. The uh, concept or the, the the question of you know God allowing the devil or God you know permitting the devil or or God allowing or permitting something. When you get right down to it, right at the root of it, it you can trace it all back to the Garden of Eden. And, uh, you know, God gave the authority to this planet to Adam, okay? And Adam uh, ate of that forbidden fruit. He essentially bowed his knee to the devil. He disobeyed God, essentially bowed his knee to the devil, and, and gave the authority to this planet over to the devil. So when you start talking about God allowing things, you really have to go all the way back 6,000 years ago to the Garden of Eden and take a look at what Adam did when he committed high treason against God and allowed the devil in. in to, to, he, he, he gave the devil the authority uh, really to this planet. OK, so you need to realize that. And then somebody will come and they'll say, and, and it's a it's a it's a fair question. They'll say, well, God allowed the devil into the garden. You know, God allowed the devil into the garden to tempt uh, uh, Eve and Adam and. And, and 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 that's pretty clear to me. But but listen to this. My next statement. The extent of God allowing should have stopped with Adam. The extent of God allowing should have stopped with Adam. Adam should have not yielded to the devil, should have run him out of the garden. And that would have been the end of it. But you see, uh, Adam gave the devil legal rights. Here in this earth. And as a result, the devil has been able to operate in this earth over the last 6,000 years. You wonder why there's so much hell and heartache in this earth? You, you need look no further than the Garden of Eden, where, where Adam allowed the devil uh, access into this earth to, and gave him authority. And when you get the devil operating and when you get man cooperating with the devil, I mean, there's a lot of disaster takes place and a lot of hell and heartache. So you look, have to look no further than than the Garden of Eden and 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 Adam giving legal rights to the devil to operate 
you, you need to realize that. But uh, but I, I want to stress it again that 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 yes, God allowed the devil to uh, uh, operate in that garden, but 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 it should have stopped right there. And if Adam had done what he should have done, then that would have been the last, in my opinion, the last allowing that the devil would have ever got. Okay. But um, so, so I think when you really look at this allowing question, it's not so much uh, really God allowing the devil. It's, it's more so man allowing the devil because Adam allowed the devil access and gave him authority. Okay. Now I'll say more about this as we go, as we look at the different uh, uh, instances as God judges people and, and what God allowed, what he didn't allow as we go. But I, I just wanted to make that clear at this time. And I want to tell you this, whatever God does, and I said it before, I want to say it again, whatever God does or whatever he allows, always remember this, that it is just, it is true, and it it is is righteous. And God's always justified in what he does or in what he allows. Uh, there was a prophet in the Old Testament named Habakkuk, and he had some issues in that he was questioning God in a good way as to why God was using a, an evil empire to, uh, uh, to, to, to bring judgment. And, um, and Habakkuk was having some issues with that. And, and we may get into that, probably will down the road in this series. But God told him for now, God told him that the just shall live by faith. So whenever you see things happening, you may not understand them all completely, or you even read things in the Bible, and God's doing certain things or allowing certain things in the Bible pertaining to judgment. Always know this, that it's true, it's right, and God's justified in doing it, okay? And when you get right down to it, well, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but you'll see that God's always, he, he, gives, he gives people an opportunity to repent. Here, I'll get to that here in just a minute. I also want to say this, as it pertains to the devil's activity. Just so you know, God has taken extreme measures to stop the devil's activity through the redemptive work of Jesus. Okay, and I covered that on our, our Easter service this just a few weeks ago. But uh, as it pertains to the subject of, of God allowing the devil to do certain things, you must realize that God has taken extreme measures to stop the devil's activity through the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that. That, that when Jesus was raised from the dead, that, that he triumphed over the devil and his cohorts and took the keys of hell and of death. And, and, and that authority that, that, that God gave it to Adam, Adam gave it to the devil, but Jesus came and he took that authority back. And now he's given it uh, to us, you see, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so you just need to realize that for, as it pertains to the devil allowing uh, God's taken extreme measures to stop the devil's activity uh, through the redemptive work of Christ. You know, the Bible says that the devil goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And, uh, you know, uh, one translation says he goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom will give him permission to devour them. Well, I tell you what, I want to know who I am in Christ and not give the devil uh, permission to devour me. How about you? Okay, but but you just need to realize that. And we'll say more about how God allows things or whatnot as we go. But let, let's uh, let's go on here for just a little bit longer. Let's look at God's method of operation in judgment. God's method of operation in judgment. His M.O., so to speak, his method of operation. Here, here it is. Now, if you're taking notes, please write this down. God warns before he ever judges. He warns before he ever judges. And he 
he'll he'll also inform of what the judgment will be. And then he gives time to repent. He gives time to repent. And then upon repentance, God's judgment stops. See, if we judge ourselves, we'd not be judged. So when God brings judgment, it's to, it's to bring about repentance so that we judge ourselves and then he, don't, he can stop the, the judgment. But if there's no repentance and, and time runs out and, and God gives a lot of time, he's very, very patient, but then eventually judgment will come. So God warns before he judges. He'll, he'll, he'll uh, inform what the judgment's going to be. He'll give you time to repent. He gives people time to repent. If there's repentance, then the judgment stops. If there's no repentance, then eventually, in the process of time, God's judgment will come. And, you know, uh, an excellent example of this is in Nineveh. And I, I covered this several weeks ago when I talked about Jonah and the fish god. So that's, you can go back and, and listen to that if you like. But, but, you know, Nineveh, that evil city, God sent the prophet Jonah to it. He warned the city. He, he told them what would happen if they didn't repent. And they were given, obviously, some, some space, some time to repent. And they repented. And, of course, upon that repentance, God didn't judge the city. And, uh, but had they not repented, had they not repented, then they would have been overthrown. But you can see God's method of operation in there. God doesn't just come in and slap somebody with judgment. He doesn't, he doesn't operate that way. He will give a fair warning. And uh, then he gives time to repent. And uh, that's just the way he operates. And you actually see this if you study the 10 plagues of Egypt where God brought judgment on the Egyptians, you know, and, and uh, all of that. Uh, you know, he had God had Moses go in there to Pharaoh and he 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 he, he told Pharaoh what was going to happen. He said, you know, let the people go or this is going to happen. Let the people go or this is going to happen, you know, so on and so forth. Pharaoh was given fair warning. And, uh, uh, you know, so God didn't even come in there to Pharaoh and just slap judgment. He, he, he warned Pharaoh and warned him and warned him and warned him. So you need to realize that uh, now Pharaoh didn't repent ultimately, and it cost him and, and all of that. But, but I just want you to see that, 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 that when God judges, he, he warns and, uh, and he gives time to repent. And upon repentance, he'll stop, he'll stop. He won't either, he, he won't bring the judgment to start with, or he'll stop, he'll stop right in the middle of it. And, uh, uh, but if there's no repentance, then God will, will bring judgment. Okay. Now, I also want to say something else about God's MO, his method of operation in judgment. God does not judge the righteous with the wicked. God does not judge the righteous with the wicked. You know, it's interesting to me, uh, like, for example, when a hurricane, you know, comes in and, and hits, a, you know, like, like the Gulf Coast or, you know, wherever it may be, one of the coasts, you know, of the United States, you'll, you'll have uh, some people will say, well, you know, that, that was the judgment of God. That was the judgment of God. Well, and, and, then, and then, you know, you get to study and into it. And you look at it and you see that that the hurricane comes through that was supposedly God's judgment. And, uh, you know, a, a, an orphanage is is totally decimated. But, uh, you know, a sinful place nearby or whatever is barely touched. And you know, now how can that be the judgment of God? Dear friends, God's a better shot than that. I mean, you know, if God's going to bring judgment through a hurricane, he sure sure isn't going to wipe out an orphanage and leave a sinful, 
you know, some sinful place stand untouched. You know, God's a better shot than that. I found that when God judges, he doesn't leave collateral damage. Okay. He's, he's very accurate and pinpoint uh, on, on when he judges. Okay. So you need to realize that God does not judge the righteous with the wicked. You see this with Noah and his family, with Noah and his family. That was the judgment of God when, when God judged the earth with a flood. But you see, uh, uh, Noah was kept safe, him and his family, through all that. And think about it. God warned the people for, I think it was almost 100 or over 100 years and, and, and while Noah was building the ark. And anybody could have repented. Anybody could have got on that ark. So see, God warned. He gave space to repent. But eventually it started raining. And... Uh, and, uh, and, and so the judgment of God eventually came. But the point here is, is that, that the righteous, Noah and his family, see, they, they escaped the flood. God didn't judge the righteous with the wicked. Of course, you see the judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and you think about that. And remember, God came down with two angels and talked to Abraham about that. And uh, you can read about that along about Genesis 18 and so on and so forth. But when he was talking to Abraham, Abraham said this to the Lord. He said, far be it from you to do such a thing as this, talking about destroying Sodom, judging Sodom. It was an evil, sinful city, homosexuality and other things going on in there. Very sinful. But Abraham said, far be it from you, talking to God, to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked. And of course, you know, they started out, if they if God could find 50 righteous, he'd spared the city, and then 40, 30, 20, on down to 10. And if God could find 10 righteous, he'd spare the city. Of course, the angels went into the city and couldn't find even 10 righteous. The point is, God doesn't judge the righteous with the wicked. But think about this. Abraham's nephew was in the city, Lot. He was in the city, and the angel, before the fire and brimstone came, the angel said to Lot, you've got to get out of here. And remember, the angel took Lot by the hand and, and, and his family and got him out of there. And the angel said, I can do nothing here in judgment while you're still in the city. And it wasn't until Lot and his family were removed. Of course, his wife looked back and turned into a pillar of salt and all that. But it wasn't until Lot was removed, the righteous was removed from the city, that God brought judgment on it. He does not, not, God does not judge the righteous with the wicked. Okay, um, uh, he he doesn't bring judgment on the in it, uh, 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 you know, when God brings judgment on 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 in a situation, he, he, there's no collateral damage. He's not going to hit the innocent people with it. You need to understand that about God. Um, that's one reason I believe the rapture of the church will occur before the tribulation. You know, the church will uh, get raptured out before God's judgments released upon the earth. Uh, because God doesn't judge the righteous with the wicked. And then you think about the 10 plagues of Egypt. Think about those sometime. You ought to read through them sometime and see that as God brought judgment on Pharaoh and upon Egypt, that over in Goshen where the people of God were, the judgments weren't, weren't, weren't falling over there. See, God does not judge the righteous with the wicked. So anyway, this is a good place to stop. I trust this was a blessing to you. And uh, I think some interesting material. Next week, we're going to pick up with this. We're going to pick up and we're going to look at God judging his people. Now, as we go down the road, we'll look at how God, you know, judges, uh, the, 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 you know, sinful people. And, and like when he judged Egypt, that was a, a sinful, you know, ungodly nation. But we'll get to that as we go and other instances of that in the Bible. But 
We're going to pick up next week and we're going to look at God, how he judges his people. And we'll see that method of operation that we we talked about earlier. We'll see how he uses that as he judges his people. Okay, and, um, you know, the Bible says that the Lord will judge his people. Hebrews 10 and 30. And then first Peter 417 says that judgment must begin at the house of God. So we're going to pick up next week with God uh, judging his people, how he does that. And I think you'll find it very, very interesting. So we'll stop right here and I will see you again this Wednesday for part three of end times for dummies. Okay. I love y'all. God bless y'all. If you need me for anything, Hey, give me, give me a call, give me a contact, whatever. And uh, until we see you Wednesday, God bless you. Bye-bye.